When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And very pleasant. Good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And yesterday afternoon at American Family Field in Milwaukee, the Marlins and the Brewers got together for game four of their four-game weekend series. What a thriller it was. Pablo Lopez and the right-hander Freddie Peralta were the starters on the mound. And with the recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Well, a long day of baseball here in Milwaukee today, but the Marlins... Outlast the Brewers in 12 innings. Miami survives this one by the final of 4-3. to three. So the Marlins take 3-4 out of four in Milwaukee this weekend and go 4-2 and two on the road trip against the Mets and the Brewers. At the outset, Freddy Peralta and Pablo Lopez were on the mound. Peralta, we knew was going to be limited just recently off the injured list, and he worked four innings of two-hit shutout ball with no walks and four strikeouts. But he was done after 55 pitches, 35 strikes. Meanwhile, Pablo, in his final start of the year, his 32nd of the season, was cruising along, and this game was scoreless all the way into inning number seven in the Marlins' half of the seventh inning, facing Justin Topa. Avi Garcia led off with a double. Brian De La Cruz followed with a single, and in a scoreless game, Marlins had first and third, nobody out. Topa, at that point, was pulled from the game. Topa had been hit on the foot by the De La Cruz shot back up the middle that went for the hit. Topa exited, Taylor Rogers came on, and the first man he faced was a pinch hitter, Peyton Burdick. Another one, two, Rogers to the pinch hitter, Peyton Burdick, and a ground ball right side, he got the job done, base hit, Avi's in to score, De La Cruz round second, he's going to third, he went the other way, and Burdick gives the Marlins a 1-0 lead in the seventh. And the Marlins weren't done with men at the corners, up step Jacob Stallings. Right. the corners, nobody out. It'll be a 2-0 to Stallings. And Jacob in the air, left center field. Yelich going back toward the track, onto the track, makes the catch. Going to add another run, though, in from third base, De La Cruz. And it's 2-0 Marlins on a productive out. So the Marlins had given Pablo Lopez the lead. He was at 84 pitches through six innings, went out there for the seventh. He got Hunter Renfro to fly to left for the first out. Colton Wong grounded to first route number two. And then Pablo jumped ahead in the count against Andrew McCutcheon. Talk about the Marlins trying to win this series. Three out of four from the Brewers. The only teams with winning records against whom the Marlins have won series this year, the Phillies, the Braves, the Mariners, the Astros, and the Padres. One against each of those teams. 2-2 to McCutcheon. A swing and a miss. Pablo strikes him out 96 miles per hour on his 95th pitch of the day. And he's through seven scoreless in Milwaukee in his final start of the season. That would be the final pitch that Pablo would throw in 2022. He left on line for the victory after 180 innings in 32 starts. Terrific season for the right-hander Pablo Lopez. Richard Blyer came on in the eighth in a 2-0 game. He allowed a single to pinch hitter Luis Urias. Then... Pinch hitter Tyrone Taylor had a ground rule double, putting men at second and third against Blyer with nobody out in the eighth inning. Blyer came back to strike out pinch hitter Mike Brasso, one of the top pinch hitters in baseball this year. 
but with second and third and one out, he was far from out of the woods, back around to the top of the batting order, and Christian Yelich. Yelich scares me in a spot like this. One of the things you've heard is he's not hitting good velocity the way he did earlier in his career, but you don't have a lot of velocity on the mound right now. He's a guy who's got a knack for putting the bat on the ball. Pitch to Yelly is chopped toward first. Lewin has it. Underhand to the pitcher covering. Yelich is out. In from third to score Urias. Taking third base Taylor. So it's 2-1 to one now. But there are two outs with the tying man 90 feet away. He was able to put the bat on the ball. And he got a run in to cut the lead to one. At that point, Blyer was pulled. And Dylan Floro came on to face Willie Adamas. 31 homers. 31 doubles, 96 runs batted in this season with the tying man at third base in the eighth. 2-2, swing and a miss, he got him. 94 again. Floro strikes out Adamas and leaves the tying man at third base. So we went to the ninth inning with the Marlins leading 2-1. Floro had had one four-out save in his career. It came last year against the Mets. In the ninth, he got the first out. Rowdy Telez, a fly ball to the left, but then Hunter Renfro doubled down the right field line, tying man at second, one out, bottom of the ninth inning for Colton Wong. Pitch to the lefty hitting Wong. Fly ball left field, going to fall in for a base hit. Waved around third base Renfro. Blade the throw to the plate, it's up the line, and we're tied at two and into second base Wong. So a blown save for Dylan Floro, who then walked Andrew McCutcheon before getting... Luis Urias had into an inning-ending 6-4-3 double play. We went to the 10th. The Marlins and the Brewers tied at 2. In the 10th inning, Brent Suter on the pitch for Milwaukee. The Marlins had the place runner, Jordan Groshans, at second base. Miguel Rojas pinch hitting for Lewin Diaz, lined to shortstop for out number 1, but then up step Joey Wendell. Wendell man at second, one out, ground ball left side, base hit. Groshans waved at third. He's coming home, and the Marlins take a 3-2 10th inning lead. Joey Wendell delivers his second hit in the ballgame. Outstanding piece of hitting there by Joey Wendell. Take they handed that lead to Tommy Nance. Nance also inherited a place runner, Luis Urias at second base. He walked the first man, Tyrone Taylor. Victor Caratini then dropped down to the sacrifice bunt. Runners at second and third with one out in the 10th inning. Christian Yelich hit a ground ball. To the shortstop, Joy Wendell. Wendell came home, and on a close play at the plate, Urias was out for the second out. So with two down in the 10th inning, the Marlins had a chance to escape if Nance could get Willie Adamas. Tommy Nance trying to slam the door. The one to Adamas. In the air to left, down the line. Blade in pursuit, can't get it, and we're tied at three. Stopping at second base, Yelich on an RBI single by Adamas. And here we go again. A blown save charge to Tommy Nance. We went to the 11th inning. Marlins couldn't score in the top of the 11th, but Oscar Brazabon able to hang a zero in the bottom of the 11th, and for the first time this year, and for just the third time in three seasons since MLB implemented the rule with the man at second to start extra innings, the Marlins were headed to the 12th. Trevor got out of the bullpen for the Brewers in the top of the 12th inning. J.J. Bladé was the place runner at second base. Jacob Stallings popped to second for the first out. Jordan Groshans then grounded to second for the second out. Bladé advancing to third. Man at third, two down. Top of the 12th, Miguel Rojas trying to untie things for Miami. Bladé the go-ahead man at third, two outs. Top of the 12th and a 3-3 deadlock. Another 1-2 coming. Got to Miguel Rojas. 
And Miggy grounds into the right field. A base hit to put Miami back on top. Blade scores. It's 4-3. Marlins in the 12th. How often have we seen Miggy get big hits late in games going the other way? He's done it again. So for the third time in this game, the Marlins were three outs away from a win. Tanner Scott got the bottom of the 12th. He inherited Tyrone Taylor, the place runner at second. Scott struck out Victor Caratini for the first out. He then walked Christian Yelich. So you had the tying man at second, winning man at first, one out in the bottom of the 12th. But Willie Adamas, a fly ball to center for out number two. And then it came down to Tanner Scott and Keston Hira. The one-two. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. And the Marlins outlast Milwaukee 4-3 in 12. Their longest game of the season ends with a celebration. The Marlins come into American Family Field and they win three out of four from the Brewers to close out a 4-2 road trip against a couple of contenders, the Mets and Milwaukee. For the Marlins, four runs, ten hits, no errors, ten left. For the Brewers, three runs, seven hits, no errors. They left 12 in the game. Oscar Brazabon, the winning pitcher, it's his first major league win at age 32, one and one. Trevor got the loser, three and three. Tanner Scott, his 20th save of the season. Time of the game was four hours, 12 minutes. Marlins with the victory have gone four and two on this road trip. They've won six of their last nine. Miami now 67 and 92 on the year. With three games left, the Marlins have matched their win total from 2021. Marlins finished the year 35 and 46 on the road. As for the Brewers, at a time when they just can't afford losses, they lose three or four to the Marlins and drop to 84 and 75 on the year, 44 and 34 in their home ballpark. Marlins improved to nine, uh, I'm sorry, to eight and nine in extra innings. The Brewers fall to eight and nine, same record. In extra innings for the Marlins, it's a second straight one-run win in as many nights in this series. Four very hotly contested games. Marlins improved to 24 and 39 in one-run affairs. They lead the majors in games decided by a single run. And how about this series? Marlins with the Garcia Grand Slam in the eighth, beat the Brewers 4-2 Thursday night. Corbin Burns outduels Sandy Alcantara 1-0 Friday night. Last night, the Marlins 2 in the ninth, and De La Cruz hit to win 4-3. And today it took 12 innings for the Marlins to get past the Brewers by that same score, 4-3. Miami wins 3 out of 4 in this series. Captures 4 out of 7 overall from the Brewers here in 2022. And puts the Padres into the playoffs with this victory. And more or less locks up a wild card spot for the Phillies. The Phillies are not officially in yet, but their magic number is down to 2. Meaning if they win two in their final three-game series against the Astros or any combination of Phillies wins and Brewers losses the rest of the way totaling two. Phillies get that third wild-card spot. Marlins pitchers today struck out 12 in this game. Marlins and Nation working together again this year to strike out cancer in our communities. Every time Marlins pitcher records a strikeout in 2022, $25 is donated to AutoNation Driving Initiative to support cancer research. 12 Ks today, that's $300 for the season, up over 1,400. 1,403 Ks as of this afternoon. $35,075 from the Marlins to Otter Nation's Drive Pink Initiative. A wild back-and-forth affair. The Marlins prevail in 12 innings. They go 4-2 and two on the road trip through New York and Milwaukee, and they upend the Brewers in 12 innings yesterday. Let's hear from Jacob Stallings, who caught all 12 innings, uh, caught a terrific Pablo Lopez in the Marlins' victory. Okay, Glenn, thank you with Jacob Stallings. And Jacob, what's it like to catch ball games that go back and forth like this with this kind of length to it? 
I was uh, I was sitting there in the top of the 12th, and I kind of had a realization that Pablo had pitched in this game, so that's that's kind of what it's like to catch. But um, our guys did a great job. I mean, you know, the relievers came in. The times they got their runs were on weak hit balls, on pretty good executed pitches for the most part. So it's a really nice job by all, all our guys. You've had an opportunity to catch this one-two punch of Sandy and Pablo all season long. How special has that been, and just how darn good was Pablo in his final time out there this season? Yeah, I was really happy for Pablo. I mean, he told me a couple days ago that uh, he really wanted to get seven innings because it would get him to 180. And so, that, I mean, that, I've gotten pretty pumped a few times this year, but I was pretty pumped when uh, he got that strikeout in the seventh to get uh, – to 180 so just really happy for him and uh, you know just an amazing guy amazing teammate and, um, you know as far as catching both of them it's been it's been a lot of fun and uh, you know I was able to have a pretty special moment for me with both of them after they were done the last two days and um, it's just really it's it's fun to be able to catch you know, really good pitchers, but also really good guys. Before I let you run, you guys put the Brewers here on life support. You've been playing meaningful baseball against the Mets, the Brewers, and now the Braves coming up. Do you feel that? Do you sense it? Whether, even if it's in the other dugout, that these are important games? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we felt it in New York. I mean, you can feel the anxiousness in the crowd. You know, we're winning late both of those games. and um, Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it fun. You know, Maybe it shows us a little bit what we can do for sure. I mean, going up against these teams, and um, we know with our pitching that that we can hang with anybody. So, um, you know, it's been cool to to finish the season strong here, and hopefully, we can keep it going against Atlanta. Took you a while, but you got it done. Thanks for the time, Jacob. Congrats on the win. All right, thanks. All right, Glenn. That was Jacob Stallings after the Marlins win over the Brewers. Let's step aside and hear from the skipper, Don Mattingly. Don, these games are tough enough to win. Then you factor in being the road team in extra innings. Just how gratifying was it to see so many guys step up, especially from that 10th inning on? No, I mean, the whole whole game, just hanging in there. Pablo was tremendous today. He had really good stuff. Um, you know, and then obviously they get the big hit. Adamas gets that hit to tie it in the, the – I don't even know what inning it was at this point. But they kept – they kind of came at us late. And our guys just kept hanging in there. Miggy gets a big hit. You know, at least in the extra innings, we were able to put a run up for the most part. Um, yeah, and then Tanner, he's, he is that kind of guy for that inning because he has that swing and miss. If you can get that first out in extras, uh, you give yourself a decent chance of getting out of that inning. That runner, it gets a lot tougher after that. A couple key defensive plays, too. I mean, Mickey ends up calling Nance off the sack bunt. Wendell goes to home to get that lead runner. Uh, just how much do you feel like maybe some defensive plays kind of shaped the way those extra innings played out as well? Yeah, I know, Mickey, we, we talked about it. He he had told Nance that anything in the middle, he would have had it, he had, had him at third. And then, you know, Tommy, obviously, the pitchers are in the way for the most part, didn't get out of the way. And so just lets it go past him. Miggy made a tremendous adjustment to that ball to get the out. Uh, and then Joey, obviously, that played at home is, is critical to be able to extend it. Brazoban, the 11th inning, if you will get the bases loaded, Jamlin. You guys didn't score in the top to extend the game to see a young guy like that in that type of situation. No, it was good, you know, and it looked a little rough. But uh, the Urias at bat, obviously, is a, you know the big strikeout there uh, for us. And you know, we had a couple of them through the course of the 
the day. I mean, Blyers, I think the Brousseau is is a big out to keep them from getting multiple runs. So uh, there was a lot of a lot of things that went well. And Pablo, I mean, goal for him to be able for him to be able to make every start this year. I know it was a goal of his, and not just you that, but the last four to close it out, just to pitch the way he did to close it out. Yeah, to finish like that, I think that gives him a lot of confidence going into the winter. Um, it's been his biggest hurdle is just staying healthy the second half of the season. Uh, he was able to do it this year, and, and we also not only seen that he finished it, but he was finishing it like sprinting it looked like because he was, he was dealing those last four outings. Just, you know, we know him as a person, just how much he works too, just to see him be able to accomplish things. Yeah, you, you're happy for Pablo. Pablo's a guy that's just, you know, we talk so much about Sandy that we leave Pablo out a lot, uh, and partially because of probably the injuries over the past couple of years, but he's a guy that's like transformed his body. He's in great shape, you know, he's, and he's a guy that worked really hard to be able to stay on the field. Donnie, I just a couple more plays I wanted to ask you about. The Brewers challenged the play at the plate in the 10th. Pretty confident that that one, you know, was a clean play. Yeah, I think it was more about the ad. It's one of those I think you just challenge it to hopefully mm-hmm. something goes your way. Uh, but blocking the plate, it's hard to call it blocking the plate when the catcher has to bounce on it like a ball to the infield because it's not like your preset. You just got to get there somehow. So they usually, I don't even think, I, I guess it is a judgment if the guy intentionally does something. But yeah, just seeing the replay, we knew it was, he wasn't blocking it and pretty confident that he was out. And then in the 11th, you know, Brazvon does get out of it, but when bases were loaded, was there was there any thought to maybe have a five-man infielder, or did you want to stay away from that knowing you you really had three true outfielders in the Yeah, outfield. I don't have a guy out there that plays yeah. in the infield, so we just play a regular as one of those. You know, Dale's never been in the infield. Mm-hmm. JJ's not an infielder. Obviously not an infielder, right. so it's like we just play it, play it straight. So four and two against the, the Mets and Brewers, two clubs that are contending. Just what clubs show you this week? Oh, well, our guys are playing hard. That's what we t- we talked about. You know, you're proud of as a manager that they, you know, continue to play hard through the end of the year. Uh, it also speaks to how hard it is to win games down the stretch. You know, you gotta you gotta get ready for for everyone. Uh, you know, there's pressure on everything you do from the opposing side when you're a team trying to close somebody out or catch somebody. So it's it's hard to win games down the stretch. Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the Marlins win over the Brewers yesterday afternoon in Milwaukee. The Marlins are right back home tonight. Final three games at Lone Depot Park this week. 640 tonight. Jesus Lazardo versus the right-hander Bryce Elder. We'll hit the air at 610 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.